0: We try not to be so black and white, because these are people's lives, and it's not black and white.
1: This is Tom Carvelli, here with Aaron Carvelli with another episode of Mortgage Cast. Today is a special episode. We are joined by one of Greenway's illustrious leaders, second-in-command Vice President John Morrow. John. Welcome, and thank you for taking the time out of what Aaron and I know is always a busy and hectic day.
0: Good morning. Thank you for having me here. So I think we'll jump around a lot. Okay.
1: I have some, I have like a, a bunch of questions and topics here, but I think uh, I think a good place to start is about how much coffee you drink.
0: Hmm. <laughs> about 48 ounces a day.
1: 48. Okay. And I, I just made you a cup of coffee. That makes... How many have you had up until...
0: I've only had a cup prior to coming today. A little busy this morning.
1: (laughs) I have a sense that that many of our clients don't really have any idea about how people in the mortgage business get to where they are. So, you know, I'd be interested in hearing about your path to where you are today. Like, how did you start off? Did you think you always wanted to be in the mortgage business? What, what, what brought you to where you are right now?
0: Well, I certainly never thought I was going to be in the mortgage industry. Graduated college with a psychology major. Went on to get my Series 7 as a stockbroker that following month. So I graduated college in May. I was a stockbroker in June. Unfortunately, I worked at a very... Uh, boiler room type of, of place, which I had, uh, I didn't really like how that was going. So uh, a friend of mine who was already in the mortgage business uh, said, why don't you try the mortgage industry? So in November of 1988, I interviewed and got a job at Travelers Mortgage, which no longer originates loans, although Travelers Insurance is still around. And uh, that's where it started. But I did not go to college saying, I'm going to be a mortgage rep. And then I was in sales uh, for many, many years. I got in the industry in 88. And I was in sales probably to until 1998, something like that. And I've always took interest in learning more than just sales. I've always had interest in operations, the secondary side of the business, the securitization of loans and selling them out to the correspondent market or Fannie Direct. I've just always wanted to know as much as possible. And fortunately, some of the uh, people that I worked with were willing to teach me these things. So eventually, I became uh, a vice president with more responsibility at, um, at a lending institution. And when the industry collapsed in 2008-ish, um, I had to seek other opportunities. And uh, in 2010, James Pear and myself uh, founded Greenway Mortgage. So you founded a company as right after things collapsed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he, he uh, seeked shelter somewhere. Uh, Between 2008 and 2010 and in 2010, I had left my former company, which was having some difficulties and um, We decided to start a mortgage company and it evolved to be Greenway
1: So that's interesting, you know in, in a very down Market, I mean basically the bottom or was it coming back?
0: It was well 2010 was a very difficult time to start grassroots warehouse lines were very hesitant to provide them to new companies. Even though we had 25 years experience in the industry, the company did not have a two-year history. So we had to really um, look under rocks to find the appropriate uh, warehouse lines to get started, to get the approvals from the national investors or correspondent aggregators, which we leveraged some of our uh, long-term relationships, which allowed us to pick up like a Wells Fargo, uh, which really got us started. Um, that was necessary. And that was a leverage of of um, long-term relationships.
1: There's a lot of lingo here. And I'd like to sort of jump into that because I, I really do believe that many people think that when they show up to, to closing that, you know, Aaron's writing the check out of her <laughs> personal bank account to fund the mortgage. And so, no, I'd like, from, from a 10,000-foot view, try to get an understanding of the secondary market, the securitization, the Fannie the Direct, and, and warehouse lines, and how all of those things tie together, especially considering you know, correspondent lending, which is what Greenway does.
0: Well, now we do a little bit of both. Our onset was correspondent lending. You would hear me refer to it as selling to aggregators as well. Basically, in a nutshell, what that is, is the large national institutions like the Wells Fargo's, Chase Banks, etc., uh, are, car- are aggregators for Greenway. We will close and fund the loan following uh, their guidelines, which are traditionally close to Fannie Mae guidelines, maybe with some overlays, and sell them the loan and they purchase it from us. They are aggregators or that's correspondent lending direct lending which is what we're also participating in now being a Fannie Mae seller servicer is we bypass the aggregator and we sell straight to the window of Fannie Mae and that has many many benefits as well as far as what a warehouse line is and where the money's coming from in order to provide the borrowers the check at closing there's many ways it can be done. Some banks just used their own portfolio monies. But most, if not all, mortgage bankers, like Greenway, uses what's called a warehouse line. And picture a warehouse line, something very similar to an individual's private home equity line of credit. We have a huge home equity line of credit, and we pull from that line of credit, warehouse line, use that money for the borrower at closing. Then we package the loan and sell them off, whether it be to Fannie Mae, or whether it be to an aggregator or a correspondent lender, and they give us the money back. And it's a repeated cycle.
1: When you talk about Fannie, let's talk more about Fannie Direct, because I think that that, is one of the, the, the future value of the service that we provide at Greenway. So I, I'd really like to have you talk about why it's so important and what benefits there are and what we'll be able to offer to the client.
0: Well, y- you always want the ability to have both, be a correspondent lender and a direct seller servicer. Sometimes the pricing to the Fannie Mae window may not be as aggressive as a correspondent lender, depending on that correspondent lender's appetite at that time. So diversification, like anything else, is always prudent and wise. But there's many, many benefits to being a Fannie Mae direct. Number one, the common phrase you hear in the industry all the time, overlays. Aggregators have overlays. What an overlay is, is additional credit guidelines over and above what Fannie Mae requires. So at times, a loan may be more difficult to satisfy those guidelines with an aggregator opposed to going straight to the Fannie Mae window. This is not so much the case today in 2019 as it was, say, five years ago. There was many, many overlays, but this is a cyclical business. That's why you need to be diversified. If there's an outlier of product that seems to not perform, the aggregators will be very quick to slap on an overlay and no longer will be available. But if we sell it to Fannie Mae, it would be available. But to give you some examples of the benefits of, of going direct to Fannie Mae is simply we're, we're bypassing that aggregator and or middleman. And we clearly are following Fannie Mae guidelines when we underwrite the file give you some examples of what we can do today that we couldn't do if we were not a Fannie Mae lender. Just about all the aggregators uh, on Fannie Mae products, conventional loans, will not allow manual underwriting. Fannie Mae will. Now, obviously, they have guidelines for manual underwriting, but they will purchase a manually underwritten loan. So we may have a client that, after doing our due diligence and and investigating and determining they have the ability to repay and they satisfy the manual underwriting guidelines we will determine we'll close that loan and fund it. Where if we weren't selling to Fannie Mae directly, we would not be able to close that loan. And that will affect your relationships with your referral sources if someone else could do the same. So that's an example of why it's beneficial. But other things as well. We have a direct line now to the Fannie Mae underwriting scenario desk, which is excellent. And they're very responsive. Um, so many guidelines are interpreted or gray. We can contact them directly and they'll help clarify to make it easier for us to make a determination. Uh, also something very, very nice is we have access to their condominium project approval department and we can even ask for condominium waivers in many cases. Uh, something we weren't able to do with the, with the aggregators. Um, Additionally, another, another example would be many of our aggregators, correspondent lenders, require all borrowers to have a credit score. Not all of our aggregators, but many of them do. Fannie Mae does not necessarily require that. If one of the borrowers has a credit score under a particular product guideline and we receive an approve eligible, we can sell that loan to Fannie Mae directly. So that's just one example as, as far as selling to Fannie Mae directly uh, or several examples of selling to Fannie Mae directly uh, is beneficial and should help all our, our business. But also we're going to be servicing loans as well, which is, a, which is also very nice. What this will do is we will have this client in our portfolio making payments to Greenway Mortgage and we have a long-term relationship with that client and that helps with retention when they decide to refinance or move you know we're 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 right in front of them every month when they make their payments and uh, so that's something nice as well and it creates value for the company as we build a servicing portfolio I think also as a loan originator, I I do get asked frequently, who am I going to make my payments to? Mm -hmm. And it will be very refreshing and nice to be able to say, just to me, to Greenway Mortgage.
1: That's right. Because they're going to see your face on the statement every month, right? Yes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's our plan, at least. But yeah, it's a nice thing to have. Now, that does not mean at any time any lender can sell that servicing portfolio because that servicing portfolio is an asset. And companies do it all the time. You know, they may need an injection of money. They sell off that servicing portfolio. They get the liquidity instantly and they use it to expand their business or whatever. So no one can ever say, we're not going to sell your loan, but it's nice to be able to retain the loans. Sure.
1: So, you know, I heard a lot of, you know, cyclical business, being able to diversify. And I think this comes back to one of what, what I would call it is one of your core principles, because I hear it all the time. And I know that I've always wanted to know more about where you got it. And that's,
0: juke and jive. <laughs> Those are from the high school football days is what that's from.
1: But you, you seem to have leveraged it into your business acumen and your business sense. And, you know, I, I think it's a very, a val- I guess, a valuable Perspective, you know, it's something
0: it, we refer back to. Well yeah, the time. so I, and I use it all the time now. <laughs> right. so. Well, thank you. Uh, I mean, basically, my my philosophy with Juke and Jive, Aaron does it with putting loans together. There's always more than one way to accommodate the, the end result. So, you know, you may start in one direction with a loan and the way the borrower may want it to go, but it's just not feasible based on variable factors whether it be their qualifications or whatever but there's usually other ways around it you can jive maybe you add another client another borrower or something along those lines so basically i, I guess my philosophy with you and jive i haven't really had to think about this until this question is never give up and there's always more than one way to get a positive end result Hence, Juke and Jive. <laughs>
1: Hence, Juke and Jive. Yeah. And, and, you know, so that brings me back to when you were creating Greenway. I'm sure that that played heavily into that process as well. And, you know, I'm curious as to, like, along with that, what, what are the principle, principles that you leveraged in developing the company? Like, when you and James got out there and said, all right, we're going to start a mortgage company, where, right. where, do you, where do you even start?
0: Well, keep in mind, Uh, James has phenomenal business acumen and he owned a company in the past so I leveraged a lot of his knowledge as well but I had a lot of experiences as well so the two of us together were able to mesh although we're very different people to have the same end result same goals basically we just tried to use common sense and of course follow the guidelines aggressively but at the same time looking at it from a broader brush, meaning do these borrowers really have the ability to repay this loan? And as long as we feel confident that we can sell this loan to the to the aggregators or Fannie Mae, and it fits the guidelines, even though the the file may have some some hair to it, if you will, if we see strengths within the file, we're going to close that loan. We try, to, we try to measure every file's layered risk and compare that to the positives of the loan and then make a determination. We try not to be so black and white because these are people's lives and it's not black and white. People have different circumstances within their, their lifestyle and their life where they might have had some difficulties in the past but they overcame them and you have to have the ability to recognize that and see that they're on a pattern of a good path now and make a good determination.
1: Thank you for that. Now Greenway is a distributed company. Everybody works everywhere. We have a central office, but you know the underwriters work remotely. Yes, and a lot much of the staff works remotely. Was that a conscious decision when you guys, when you and James went out and said, we're going to start Greenway, did did you make a conscious decision to say, we're going to create this company in a, in a distributed technology-based platform?
0: Well, I don't recall if that was the goal on the onset, but a high efficiency, high technology company always was, which they go hand in hand. So generally, Speaking, you cannot acquire the best talent if you keep yourself centralized in a specific location. So being able to work remotely allowed us in our minds to acquire better talent than we would be able to if everyone had to drive to the office every day. Additionally, with the technology and embracing technology of the industry, and it's changing as we speak, the industry allows where you can work remotely. And where this was not even common 10 years ago, it's very common now, industry-wide. So I think we might have been a little early on adopting the remote-type concept, but many of our competitors since joined us because of technology. But I'm not so sure it was an initial goal, it just evolved that way. When you're interviewing somebody and you know that person is an outstanding talent, but they cannot commute to the office every day, why wouldn't you just have them work remotely? And it's just better in general. People, you actually get more work out of an individual when they don't have to travel commute times of an hour or two each day. Uh, and they can spend more time with their family or working. It just creates a better positive environment in our, in our eyes.
1: Sure. Work-life balance. Yeah. And drawing on a greater pool of talent. And Aaron and I obviously agree with this. You know, we manage our own team of people and, you know, our sales coordinator definitely is more productive, much happier working remotely. Agreed. As with anything, I'm sure there's some trade-offs. So w- what do you see as hurdles?
0: Working remotely? I mean, yeah. Well, the industry is, still has lots of brick and mortar standing buildings. And since we work remotely, although we see each other every day operations through Zoom and or Skype video conferencing, we don't necessarily see the sales every day. So at times when you don't have a brick and mortar, you're not necessarily as physically in touch with all the uh, employees of the company. So that's where we need to focus more on the roundtables that we have, which we'll have quarterly now, and we see the, the loan officers quarterly in person. Um, we should probably have, uh, we have done this a few times, you ha- you two actually hosted a party. We should probably have more of those events just so people can interact in person instead of telephone and or video conference uh, in a more casual environment. So if anything, I think it's the balance of trying to juggle that with just trying to be efficient and work. Where when you had a traditional brick and mortar building, the sales guys are coming in, you're seeing them on a more often basis.
1: Thank you. When you think about Greenway, what are we head, head and shoulders above the competition?
0: Well, our catchphrase is experience, efficiency, and integrity. So that was our foundation. We have lots of experience. We try to be the most efficient company and continually strive to be the most efficient company by embracing technologies every day and replacing old old with new. And integrity or honesty. The one thing that we've always thought, and my philosophy always is, is treat your borrowers and for that matter, everyone that works for Greenway, the way you would like to be treated. So we're all pretty much the same. Our, our, our competition, we sell a product, but we can make the experience nicer and we can educate the borrower a little more than the next guy. Always be available for them when they have questions. And, um, just hold ourselves to a higher standard than, than oh, we just we lent you the money, we closed a loan. See you. It's more of a long term relationship.
1: Yeah. So one of the one of the principles that Aaron and I utilize or have, I think you just said it in not so many words, is you know high tech, high touch, right? So, you know, we like to leverage technology, but we we always need to maintain that connection and that service level. So we want to be fast and efficient, but we want to provide a good product and maintain the the technical aspect and the efficient aspect of it.
0: Educating the client's very important. All too many loan officers, sales people want to just originate the loan, close the loan. But as we know, this is a big decision and a big step for the most people that are obtaining mortgages, and it's emotional to many of them, uh, to them as well. So, having that that ability to educate them, answer any questions they may have, make them feel comfortable with this transaction really h- helps the matter. And they'll remember you in the future. Just being genuine, and we're going to send them this podcast too. That's <laughs> great.
1: <laughs> Where do you see
0: the industry going in the next two years? That's a tough question. We do anticipate, and we're beginning to see it, in 2019, rates drop a bit. That's been predicted by a, a handful of different forecasters, and um, we're seeing it a little bit now, so we may see a little bit of a refi wave. Rates should remain stable throughout the year or come down. Um, Two years is just hard to tell. It's So it's amazing that the mortgage industry,
1: the the horizon is so difficult to see.
0: Hence, that's why it's cyclical. I mean, there is a myriad of different products coming out. Non-QM is the popular one now. And I do think that it will provide people mortgages that they would not necessarily have qualified for three years ago. And the majority of the non-QM guidelines... For example, bank statement loans are prudent when looked at properly. You could see positive cash flow. You can get a very good indication of what, uh, the borrower's gross monthly dep- deposits are and get a handle on what their income is. So I do think that the industry's gotten prudent coming out with some products that will help people that are more non-traditional income earners. So that will help the industry some. But as far as a two-year span, it's really hard to predict. How about one year? I think rates are going to come down, and we're going to have a decent year this year, coupled with the non-QM products.
1: Based on that, is, is the mortgage business just year
0: by year? It certainly can be. And, th- and that's why you always have to be on top of, of all the different products that come available so that you're offering everything you can to your potential referral sources.
1: So go where the market goes.
0: Prudently. If there's a product out there that's just not a smart product, and it's really not something that's truly in the benefit of the borrower, just like option arms, <laughs> like, like option arms, right? We'll stay away from that, and we won't offer it as as a company. But back in the day, some option arms were beneficial <laughs> to the to the right individual, but not to everybody. Right. <laughs> so again, that's the, that's the thing, you know. You, we always have to have our our ear to the market on what's coming out what's available is it a good product is it beneficial is it going to help our sales and um, continually improve as a company which in turn will help our salespeople? Um, there is a prediction that about 30 percent of our competition will fall out and or merge with other companies within the next 18 months i've just heard that at a, a very reputable conference very interesting.
1: That's a huge number.
0: Yeah. Again, it's a prediction. Sure. But I heard that uh, last month.
1: Aaron, do you have any questions?
0: Well, you've covered a lot of ground. Um, I can't say that I have much more. Jukinji was on my list too, so I'm glad we oh. covered. I'm
1: glad you're using it. <laughs> yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> you're welcome. All the time. And
1: I also have another one that I use of yours. The grass may be greener on the other side, but you still need a lawnmower. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I got that one from you as well.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> John, thank you. I know that I learned some things that, that I, I had not known on the way, on the way out. I mean, do you have anything that you that we didn't cover that you want to put out there or say, or have anything in closing?
0: Just that I feel strongly that we have the best team in the industry. And, uh, I truly would like all our salespeople and and operational staff understand that and that I truly feel that way. And I know James does as well. Thank you. We agree. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for having me. Hey again, a few more things before we end the show. Check out our website at smt.greenwaymortgage.com and follow us on social media, Greenway Mortgage at the Shore on Facebook, on Twitter, we're Greenway MTGSL and connect with me directly, Aaron Carvelli on LinkedIn. And finally, some compliance. Greenway Mortgage is a licensed mortgage lender, NMLS 374480. Licensed Mortgage Lender, NMLS 374480.